Bitch Talk, booze and interviews straight from the heart of San Francisco. We are once again at the That's What She Said November edition, chilling at the social study in the Fillmore District. Chilling, chilling, minding my business. Yes, I looked around and, and I, I couldn't, couldn't believe this. I said, I stared, my knees, my, knees, my witness. witness. Okay, anyway. Okay, uh, the <laughs> event is uh, going to start pretty quickly, so this will be a really quick intro. Um, if you want to find any of our socials, our episodes, go to bitchtalkpodcast.com. We have a, a great speaker, uh, well, the featured speaker of That's What She Said for November, uh, coming on the show. Her name is <laughs> Sarah Bergamaschi. Sarah Bergamaschi. Um, she's Italian. She's got a great accent, and um, and she's doing. She's, it's not even God's work. It's her passion uh, is palpable. It's, it's I'm just like yeah. riled up. I am riled up. And, yeah. Uh, just just to take note, listeners, this is the uh, evening before uh, the midterm election. So you know, emotions are high, man. And uh, speaking with her, I think set the tone for right. the next few days. Yeah. So, um, it's a really good conversation. Yeah. Uh, the stories that she tells and the path that she's on is incredible. Right. And uh, and she's yeah, great. it shows the power. We're we're powerful beings. We yep. can do a lot. Yep. Man, don't be scared anymore. Just join. Just don't join. Be scared. Get, on, get on board. Exactly. Get on board the train. All are welcome. Allies yeah. welcome. Allies are welcome. And um, yeah. Anyways, listen to our uh, interview with Sarah, and we'll see you on the other side. Sitting here with uh, the guest speaker, Sarah. Hold on. Bergamar. No, see, I told you. I told you. She said it perfectly like five yeah. times oh, before yeah. we started recording. Totally fine. Then I turn on record and it sucks. Sarah. Bergamaski. There we go. See, Ange. I knew. Okay. That's perfect. So Sarah's here. She's a beautiful Italian accent. I mean, already in love. Um, but can we talk? We're going to just talk all about you. Okay. So um, I think that I heard that you found that's what she said. You found us. We didn't find you. Right. How did that happen? So actually, I was hanging out here one day. I was drinking coffee at the social study. Yeah. And I saw something like that's what she said. And I always like, I'm like, it sounds like just a powerful affirmation of a woman and just like uh, acknowledging what a woman said. And so I'm like, is that an event? It must have something to do with women and women empowerment. Yeah. And so I asked and like, yeah, the first Monday of every month, they have gatherings and they have guest speakers and she got in touch. So I found them on Instagram. I found Harmony and I told them what we do. And she's like, you really have to come. And mostly, um, I'm here tonight because I like to tell a story of how, first of all, I got here, yeah. and also about my nonprofit. But there is so much nonprofit work out there, and very much is very similar in terms of content and goals. But I think the most important thing is the leadership and what drives founders of nonprofit doing the work, because all the work is sustained by the why. If we forget if the why is confused, mm -hmm. the values, then uh, the you mission. can't really scale. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. So can you talk about your nonprofit? It's uh, called Strategic Advocacy of Human Rights. Yes, so we founded Sahar 10 years ago. Wow. In a university in London. So it started as an academic endeavor. The original founder, Natasha Latif, who is now my co-founder, she started it because she wanted to understand what really was happening on the ground in Afghanistan when women end up in prison for rape. So basically when women are raped, yeah. it's their fault. Yeah. So Natasha was studying human rights law in London. Mm -hmm. 
in the UK, but she didn't want really just to study on books. Like the problem, I think uh, today with law studies, just you study so much in books. But as a lawyer, you really want to practice. Mm-hmm. You want to practice your defense, your arguments, and mostly you want to know the field. Right, and that's the best way to put it to work. It's right. just like when you're learning a new language, you exactly. can read all you want, but you have to be out there and practice it. Exactly. Yeah. And so, I mean, she was like 19, 20, you know, uh, Natasha Rich is from Singapore with a beautiful Pakistani Chinese mix, Muslim. uh, So she knows very well the Islamic law. Mm -hmm. So she started to travel by herself to Afghanistan to, you know, meet the communities and speak to the women and say, okay, what happens with you? And she was writing her thesis on rape laws. So by going to Afghanistan, she really had a very important grip and understanding and insight. So she went back to London and she's like, guys, you know, like I, I, I met these women lawyers. They're so brave. And these women go into court and defend women. We need to support them. I mean, obviously, we can travel to Afghanistan right now. And, you know, we're very young, but we can support them by, by remote, which is a very important thing, mm. especially in legal thing. So basically, Natasha started spending the nights reviewing the fan statement. Okay. And like teaching or like siding, being side by side with these local lawyers and like helping them in a case. Mm-hmm. And say, okay, we have this case, how we're gonna defend it? Mm-hmm. You know, and drawing from international law, national law, and also Islamic law. The problem is, unfortunately, in Afghanistan, like when these women even were studying law at the university, they don't really teach them to practice the law in a gender positive lens in a feminist lens. Mm. That means that even the law, that whatever the law says, is always implemented at detrim- like detrim- it's detrimental to the women. Hmm. So law is about interpretation. Right. So for example, Islamic law, you know, doesn't really say that you, the woman that is raped should go to prison. Who should go to prison? What do you guys think? The woman who is raped or the rapist? Right? But the judges and prosecutors, they, their interpretation of the law is very conservative. Right. So, you know, you can read the book, you can read the law in a certain way, then, and then you have these loopholes of the law and say, oh, you know, then, you know, the woman lost the virginity and, you know, she's not really worth it anymore right. and she committed adultery. Right. So, what I, the, the rape become it changed in a, in a charge of adultery. So, they, they, they say that the woman wasn't raped, but she committed adultery. Again, it's her fault. It's her fault. There's the men don't take any responsibility. Exactly. So imagine, like, see, I'm so heated up still after 10 years because, like, yeah, I can't believe it's 2018. Right. And just because we are born in Italy and the U.S., like you guys, we are protected here by the law. And still, if you go to police station, say you're raped, I'm not really sure how much they understand. That, that's what I was going to say. Yes. Like, technically, yes, we are. I'm going to use quotations protected by the law. But are we really when you're raped? Exactly. Do you feel protected by the law? Do you feel supported? No. Even in a country where it's on our side, supposedly. So. Exactly. And that's exactly the point. And also, I was gonna say, our let's, let's talk about the Kavanaugh hearings. Yes. Right. I mean, that's and it that's just exactly. happened. And yeah. you know, for me, because I moved here just right now, and all these things are exploding in the U.S. that we have been working on in conservative environment. And sometimes I see so many parallels, oh, and I'm like, yes. but why? Because in the end of the day, a woman in Afghanistan ends up in prison if she's raped. So right. if she gets the worst uh, consequence of the spectrum of patriarchy, right. we are like uh, on a lighter spectrum, on the first half of the spectrum of patriarchy, right. but that we still have bad, very bad consequences, which means that we are not believed. Right. And the very core of it, uh, rape uh, and uh, you know gender injustice, is about belief. Well, and yeah, and it's and it's blaming the victim, and it's exactly. especially in the Kavanaugh hearings. It was well, why didn't you report this back then? 
I mean, you should have told someone. Who exactly. did you tell? It's your fault. Exactly. So it's very important to work on changing the social perception right. of women and survivors and everything that is surrounding uh, speaking up. Yeah. You know, telling us our truth yeah. in our own time, in our own feeling of empowerment, and ideally okay. in a society that understands us. But if you know that your society doesn't understand, why would you speak up? Right. So you want to cover the crime, you want to cover what happened because you want to protect yourself because no one else is going to do it. Right. What other uh, countries are you all um, practicing in? Yeah, so mostly India and Afghanistan. And in India, we're um, like our co-founder. So we have three co-founders, Natasha, who uh, practices in Afghanistan. And my third co-founder, Nishma, she's Indian and she works uh, in Mumbai. Oh, and wow. she's, developing, she's developing a feminist training curriculum to train lawyers and prosecutors how to defend women in a feminist lens. And it doesn't exist today. There are many like law offices and like non-profit that work with survivors. Yeah. But really teaching this strategic advocacy, that's why we're called strategic advocacy, on how to really be on the side of the women in the courts, mm -hmm. but also in informal uh, justice system. For example, like uh, your women's tribunals or like uh, restorative justice circles. That Restorative justice circle, that means like uh, when women go and like talk about what happened because it's very important. We don't believe that justice is only made in courts. To be honest, like if a woman is raped uh, and the sentence is made and say, okay, you know, your rapist goes to prison, it doesn't mean that you feel that justice was made. Right. So when they get out, we really want to connect with them. And like, are you fine? Ideally, like what, would that, what, would, what should happen for you to feel that justice was made? Mm. And so we give them this space for storytelling, arts, artistic expression, you know, to go over the trauma. Right, right. Because it's not like, okay, once the court case is over, oh, I'm healed, I'm all good. Like those feelings, those sentiments will stay with you probably for the rest of your life. So you need to continue this work forever to yes. make, just to make sure that you, you're staying healthy mentally. Exactly. So um, what kind of... I just can't imagine what it's like for these women on the ground in, in India, Afghanistan, everywhere you go. Uh, how are you treated by the rest of the community? And obviously it's kind of like a scarlet letter in a lot of ways to be doing this work in a country that's not supportive of that. Yeah, that's, thank you for that solidarity. Um, Natasha, my co-founder, had a very hard time, especially in Afghanistan. Uh, she received uh, death threats sometimes from men from warlords i will never forget and this is the reason one of these stories i'm gonna tell you this is the reason why i'm still sticking to sahar and to natasha nishma and the kind of endeavor we're creating because she's so brave and she's so fearless when she was in afghanistan she had the case of a boy that was bought by a warlord a child you know like and she wants defending him and you know they'll go to courts and courts and one day one of the final day of the courts she'll go with the car and she tells me she remembers that she approaches the court and then the warlord is there with a child on his uh, on his shoulder and then the warlord looks at her and kind of saying you know like if you continue doing that we're gonna disfigure you with acid and so in that moment you really are faced with this dilemma you're gonna keep doing what's right and she really goes she's a powerhouse she goes until the, the end or are you gonna have to step back for once because you know that your life is in danger? And our life as a human rights advocate, by the way, is always in always danger. Always in danger, yeah. But in that situation, it's really concrete. So you really need to be very also smart and understand. But it's really a huge, uh, 
it's wild. It's a wild paradox of human life because right. in that moment you really don't. For for her, she tells me, Sarah, like my life is no more important than this child. I really wanted to, but my husband was sitting next to me in the car, and they're like, you're not gonna go, you're not gonna go, and she, they drove away past the court, past the boy, and she tells me that the eyes of the boy are still hunting her today in the dreams. But go, I mean, we are happy that. Natasha, it's good that you, no, you know, yeah, just got right, it. and and she needs to keep fighting. Exactly, there are so many cases. Yeah, I mean, but the contradiction, you understand? But yeah, I, I can't. As a lawyer, yeah, Jesus, why why do men fear us so much? Because I think we have an inherent capacity to really be leaders in the world. And be leaders, it really means that we are able to connect all the elements and all the dots to really bring up the world. Right. But the men don't want to do that. They want to keep dividing us and separating. And that's another very important thing, what of our values. We don't behave in competition between us. We are not competitive to other women. We don't crash or backstab other women. Yeah. And unfortunately, we receive this a lot in our environment. In women's rights, you, you don't think, but there is a lot of that, and also in business, and and so and that's also a pro product of the patriarchy. Many right. women are competitive because they they need to wake up from the patriarchy values, and so we all need. So our advocacy, like in a contest like San Francisco, is much more to teach how to really care for each other, how mm -hmm. to have that, you know, we call it servant leadership. So we don't like someone like coming up and say I'm the leader and you have to follow me. Mm -hmm. So we call it servant leadership, which means that we would like uh, people with privileges or other women with privileges to learn how to put the, the privileged service of communities. Hmm. Mm -hmm. It means that we all that we are born with the privileges of the passport, of the colors, of the wealth, whatever privilege we all have, that for sure we have more than many underserved communities. How can we use this privilege not to self-advance myself, not to make money, but to open spaces for those communities. Mm -hmm. There are many ways that we can use our privilege. And that's, we call it allyship. Allyship. Mm -hmm. And allyship is like, it's a, it's a process of building relationship with marginalized communities. Yeah, I, I love that um, you, you, you bring up the point that it, in each country, still there are parallels in our stories. And this idea that, sure, absolutely, the United States should be a leader because we have the resources and we have the knowledge and we have the people that are passionate about these things. But also, we should care about what's going on with the rest of the world. Our, our president said, oh, why are there these people called globalists? They want the rest of the world to do good. Yeah, we all should because we're connected, and and if if the rest of the world is is in in shit, then so are we. I mean, it's we're connected whether you like it or not. So I I love that that you're bringing that that unity between all all of these women and our struggle. It's all the same. It's all Just the same. Different faces, different colors, different circumstance, but the emotions and the experiences is, is the same. Yeah, absolutely. Now that's why our president fears the women so much, right? Oh also hates them he hates them He's, too he yeah but we're gonna change this i'm so excited for these political <laughs> times actually <laughs> i am too you know and i i hope um whoever's up on stage with you from my team because i'm not gonna be up there tonight just we can't get down uh whatever happens tomorrow it's election day it's midterms we can't get down because we have to keep fighting um there's right. a bigger election in two more years and as soon as we're done with tomorrow, we have to think about 2020 and we have to think about, okay, how are we going to do this and, and do it well and make sure the people that we need and want in there are going to be in there. So I, I'm excited too. I mean, I'm also frightful. 
we learned a lot in 2016, I think. If you're if you're someone that reads and is curious and learns, um, but we we learned a lot then. We got duped. Um, I think that we read into polls and we shouldn't have. And we were overly confident, yes. for sure. Yeah. Well, we were Americans. We were because really American about America. And we're in a bubble here. So we're like, who the fuck? He's not going to win. You know what I mean? We're just in a bubble, and that's dangerous. And that's why you need to look at what's going on, not in your circle, but everywhere else in the world, down the, you know, in the next neighborhood. Like, you can't just stick to your own bubble. Over the bridge. I mean, there's other yeah. shit happening not oh. too far from San Francisco. Over the bridge is really like... It's very different, yeah. you know? And if you go another 20 minutes from there, it's very different. So, right. Sarah, where can everyone find you? <laughs> <laughs> where, where can people find... Uh, is it Sar? Sahar? Sahar. Mm-hmm. Where can people find So, Sahar? our website yes. mm-hmm. is sa-hr.org. Okay. And then uh, our social media links, maybe you can share it in the in the link. Or Always like, do. In a, yeah, 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 yeah. We'll share it through Twitter. We'll share it through um, Instagram, Facebook. Instagram, Facebook, and our description when we write this up. So yeah. And and what do you think? Just day to day, what what would be your advice for both women and men who really want to be supportive of this cause? Like, what what do we need? What kind of shift do we need to be better? Uh, yeah. Well, I was going to add on to that. Do do men work with your group, or is it only exclusively for women? No, obviously we work with men as allies, and okay. that's why I was bringing up this concept of allyship, because it means we really like are creating bridges, especially with men, because they need to understand how to dismantle all this patriarchal, deeply rooted conviction and false beliefs that our society told us. So actually I enjoy very much convers- conversing with men mm-hmm. and it teaches me a lot because like you really need to strike a balance and I don't like, uh, uh, I mean, I, I, I don't think I'm aggressive but I, I, I also wouldn't like when women talk about these things to be aggressive, mostly because it doesn't help. You exactly. know, so it really helps uh, to be in a position say, okay, you know, sometimes because men are like super defensive today. So you go and say, okay, I understand. Yeah. You know, let's yeah. step back. Why do you think that way? Like, right. why do you think there is so much aggressiveness, as you say, from women's side? Right. And then I would go back from question. Do you realize, can you imagine that this happens? Can you imagine that the other day, the woman that... I, and, you know, you, you, you use storytelling yeah. to enhance compassion. Facts. Yeah. Because facts yes. matter. Yeah. But mm. also the way. I think we need to use grace. Yeah. For us, like uh, an important measure of success. You're right. Yeah, yeah. I like that you talk about approach because yeah. it's true. Nobody's going to listen to finger pointing yeah. and anger. Right. And yeah, storytelling creates empathy. Yeah. And yeah, I, lo- I love that. That's a good. That's a good tool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And also, I really believe in the power of American women to be organized because <laughs> I've seen it. <laughs> as I'm sure they're going to take over. Look at Alexandra Ortazio Cortez. Oh, like, hero, hero. Yes. My hero, too. Yeah, I love her. Absolutely. And I'm not even American. I'm like, I want to work for her. I want to work. I want to be in her team. Yeah. Or she can be on your team. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my <laughs> God. I love. Exactly. How can I reach her? Do you know her? Wait, I, Anyone no. knows Alexandra Ortazio Cortez? If you can, <laughs> if you do, introduce me, please. I was going to say Bergamaski 2020. Bergamas- 
Bergamaski. 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 Ah, oh, that Bergamaski. sounds cool. Maybe I'm back really, in Italy. I'm getting into it. Bergamaski. 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 Yeah, it's good. Yeah. That could be like our peace chant when we need to like it's calm down. <laughs> yeah, instead of all oh, Bergamaski. You're so cool. Bergamaski. <laughs> Sarah, thank you so much yes. for being on Bitch Talk. Thank you. Yes. And you were so nervous. See? Easy. Yes. So okay. easy. Uh, and thank you for being a badass yeah. and setting an example to these old ladies. Like, thank yeah. you. Okay, we're thank following you. your footsteps. I'm talking about us. And, no, yeah, whoever's listening. listening. But thank you. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for your work. Thank you for having us. Mille grazie. That's my... Mille grazie. Mille grazie. Prego. Prego. È un piacere. Oh, grazie, prego. That's perfect. Buonanotte. Buonanotte. <laughs> Perfecto. Grazie. Voulez-vous coucher? No. All right. We gotta go. Thank you, Sarah. Thank you. That was uh, Sarah Bergamaschi. Bergamaschi. 2020. Bergamaschi. Bergamaschi. 2020. Um, she's doing incredible work that I can't fathom. I, I always think Ange and I were like, yeah, we're, cu- we're a little bit cutting edge. We've been to Nepal. <laughs> we went to India. But there's a there's a hey, lot of other people doing a lot of bigger stuff. There's no it, comparing it, lives. Right, right. You're but, right. But it's just women amaze me. That's right. all I'm gonna say. Absolutely. And the and men that support these women, rock stars. And Thank I you. think I think for anybody who is ever feeling down or it doesn't take much to search for inspiration. It's exactly. out there, it's I, everywhere, it's it's in your face, it's online. Right. right. It's just Go out and search. These people are here. They're walking among us. She was sitting at fucking social study having a drink, and that's how she found out about that's what she said. Right. This incredible woman. Right. So they're all around you. Just open your eyes. Right. Be present, and right. inspiration is everywhere. Right. Yeah, so <laughs> I was just, I'm looking at one of the cards from Sahar, and um, if you want to find them, once again, it's www.sa- hr.org they're doing incredible work for women that need help uh, in in places that I mean women are looked down upon in pretty much every culture (laughs) but um, women that are uh, being jailed for being raped so um, please follow them and donate in San Francisco they're having a big ol' festivity which apparently we're going to be a part of now <laughs> we might be co-hosting <laughs> yeah, we might be, we, we're actually co-hosting this uh it's 10 year it's their 10 year anniversary it's uh, december 4th at the laundry in san francisco uh that's at 3359 26th street and uh it's called a uh what is it called Tales of Disobedience. Tales, that's right. Tales of Disobedience. Yeah. When she told us the title, we're we like, were like yeah. oh, bitch talk has to be yeah. fucking there. Yeah. And there's a really awesome quote on their invitation. It says, human history began with an act of disobedience. Yeah. Uh, that's by Eric Fromm. Yep. So, uh, yeah, let's not forget that. Yeah. And let's fucking keep fighting because it's, it's worth it. It's important. Yeah. It's, yeah. And keep hopefully fighting. we'll see you there December 4th. Uh, hosted by Bitch Talk. <laughs> I'm spreading lies. Brought to you by Bitch Talk. But we are going to be there yeah. in support, and maybe we'll be on stage too. So, so thank we'll see you, Sarah. There. Wow. Thank you, Sarah. What a great conversation. Bitch, please.